all the clothes, full wardrobe, but actually an empty life. I wasn't clear about what I wanted to do. You know, some people grow up and they know they want to be a doctor and do this and do that. I had absolutely no idea that. And it all comes down to responsibility. You know, is something happening to you or is it happening for you? And that's when I was on my hands and knees and I was like, I am not okay with this. I know there's more. I don't know what it is, but just show me. It's so easy to be always on this treadmill of the next thing and the next thing and to never actually stop and smell the roses and realize how far you've come. King Kimmy. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for having me on. It's an absolute pleasure. Yay. I'm so excited to have you on. I feel like you are so different to all of the other guests that I've had on and you are somebody who I have, I feel like I've known you for a long time. Um, it's probably maybe about eight years or nine years when I very first was introduced to you. Actually, no, that cannot be right. How long? Maybe about seven years or six years. Maybe? Do you think? I mean, I've, I've been with Arbon for like nine years now. Okay, so it might be. Um, so yeah, I, I, I was having to think about how I could introduce you to my, my listeners. And this is probably going to sound really cheesy. <laughs> I was trying to think of the words. And I just remember seeing you for the very first time speak. And I was like, oh my God, how are you so composed? How are you so articulate? How can you just stand on a stage in front of like hundreds of people and talk? And I just remember being like so in awe of you. It's like, like, who is this person? How can you speak so just well and eloquently? And I suppose like over the years, I've watched you grow. I've seen you speak God knows how many times at all of the Arbon conferences. And now I finally get to interview you and ask you some questions. So it, to, to sum up your introduction from me, I feel like I've just always been really kind of in awe of you and, and how you have just been able to lead and guide so many people. So I would love to hear your introduction of who you are and please tell my listeners everything that you do, all of the magic that you create. Wow, what an introduction. <laughs> I am so, just so grateful. I'm just gonna oh, just receive that for a moment because do you know what? I think it's so easy to be always on this treadmill of the next thing and the next thing and to never actually stop and smell the roses and realize how far you've come. And yeah, nine years I have been in this work and oh my God, like speaking, public speaking was literally worse than death for me. So it's, it's, it's really great to get that reflection from you because how you perceived me, oh my gosh, like you didn't see what was happening behind the scenes. Like when I first started my Arbonne business nine years ago, public speaking was my biggest fear. And I had to get hypnotized 
many times. I did NLP, I did all the things and I, I just had the, the, this huge fear and I, I couldn't quite put my finger on why it was. But I think for most of my life, I was so used to getting validated externally because I was a model. And if you can imagine, you know, I'm getting paid on what I look like. Mm-hmm. So constantly chasing this approval from the external. And it didn't really matter like who I was inside. I just had to show up, be a clothes horse, whether I was modeling dressing gowns or bunion supports or speedo. It was literally that fast. Like one day it was speedo, the next day it was bunion supports. And by the way, when I did that bunion support job, I was like, there has to be more to life than this. Please, God, goddess. I I remember you sharing that on social media. You was like, this is, this is what I used to do. (laughs) Yeah. And that was a moment for me. I was like, seriously, I know there's something up there. I don't know what it, what it is, but give me a break. Like, seriously, (laughs) I just, I just knew there was more, but at the time I was very numb to life. You know, I was hustling. I was grinding. I was partying I was shopping you know all the things that you do in your 20s that is what you do but I realized that I picked up all of these unhealthy habits from you know my upbringing because my mum and dad worked very very hard for a living were very much a part of the system so you go to school you go to college you get a job and you know the harder you work the, the, the more you know you can have a rest you rest is something you deserve when you've worked hard and you feel burnt out and actually you can only enjoy life when you retire Mm. <laughs> yeah and there was something within me that was just like um, this definitely isn't for me like I'm not I'm just not supposed to be a part of the system but no one around me was living the life that inspired me that I was like oh yeah that's possible and I think a lot of this life is about seeing other people and, and allowing them to give you permission then activate within you the life that you want to live Mm-hmm. Not necessarily to compare and say, I want to be like them, but like, oh my God, they've inspired me and given me permission to live my dreams. Mm-hmm. And that's all that I ever want to be for people is, is permission because no one around me was a coach. No one had an online business. I mean, I think Facebook was around about, it was only around for like a year and that, that's showing my age right now. <laughs> so I was in this world of like knowing that there was magic, but I didn't have a map to use it. And I say this all the time that, I, you know, we're all born with this magic wand, but, you know, most of us don't have a map on how to really use it. We go to school and they, they teach us to not have magic. They teach us to, to conform, to be in a box, to have a title. Yeah, like this is how much you're worth based on the job, not how much you're worth. You know, your genius isn't encouraged. It's like, you know, do maths, do art, do PE, then go be a teacher. And so unconsciously, I wanted to please my parents. I wanted to go and be a teacher. So I went to university, did sports and exercise science, literally just had the best time, you know, as you do as a student. I don't even remember what I learned. But <laughs> and then I remember going to work experience in a school. And I just thought, oh my God, like no offense to teachers. Like I, we need teachers. Like it, it's an incredible profession. But I just remember knowing it wasn't for me. It was a pathway to creating a life that I was not wanting. I was not okay with it. It was so misaligned. And on a soul level, I just knew it wasn't for me. Mm. I wasn't clear on what I wanted to do. You know, some people grow up and they know they want to be a doctor and do this and do that. I had absolutely no idea. 
I just wanted to be free and have fun and like live this unconventional life that I didn't see anyone else living. Yeah. And so I, I, I continued modeling after, after university and it was great. But like I said, it was great for so long until I had a, a big awakening when mm. I realized that actually happiness isn't in the clothes, the shoes, the external, the validation. I had all the things that I ever thought I wanted. You know, a penthouse apartment in the city center of Leeds, mm. a, a partnership, all the clothes, full wardrobe, but actually an empty life. Mm. My soul was like not happy whatsoever. And I remember looking around my apartment and thinking, oh my God, like I've got the BMW, I've got all these things, something still isn't quite right. And that's when I was on my hands and knees and I was like, I am not okay with this. I know there's more. I don't know what it is, but just show me. And that's when Arbon came into my life and was this vehicle that I had no idea that it was going to open me up to this world of transformation and choices and abundance and possibilities. I just thought this is a great way for me to earn more money, have more time. So on a conscious level, it was like, yeah, car, money, more shoes, all that kind of stuff. I was like, status, yes, I wanna prove that I can do something outside of modeling. Mm. And so I applied that same work ethic to my business when I first started. And I, that's when I first found personal development. Mm. This very masculine, logical, you know, have four hours sleep, grind, hustle, develop yourself, very kind of in your head development, you know, mm. how to create healthy habits and um, just like learning all, basically learning all of these things that I, I'd never even discovered before. Like, oh my God, like, really like this is what I need to do to be successful oh my gosh this is this whole new era of entrepreneurship that I had no idea was was around and then I got to the point in my business where I was super successful with that hustle and with that grind and I, I, I got the car that I was driving for I had the validation I had all the things and again something was missing mm. and and then I had a dark night of the soul. I remember it was one of the worst years of my life. So the external worlds that I, that I found such safety in for my, like, I just felt safe in things outside of me giving me that. So like the car was like safety. Okay, I feel validated. The status was validating the money, the people, the title and everything. And then one year, I think it was five or six years ago now. Um, my mum suddenly passed away of a brain hemorrhage. So my support system with, you know, my, my mum was like my rock and she, I would just always remember thinking, I can't wait for the day when I can like give her a grandchild and introduce her to my husband. And that safety was gone. I had tens and tens of thousands of pounds that I invested into a fraudulent investment, which went down the swanny. So the abundance that I found so much safety in, you know, in my bank account, those numbers that you can see on the screen, that was gone. And then the car that I also found that safety and validation in, I lost my driving license because my mum looked after all of that stuff for me. So when she passed away, I had no idea what was, what was going on, what insurance was or when I needed to do it. And so I didn't have insurance and I got pulled over and then I lost my driving license for six months. So that external safety that made me feel safe was removed. And I can remember it was raining. 
I had a suitcase, I had this hoodie on and I had to go to walk to get the bus. And I got on the number 69 bus, my suitcase had broke. I was covered in water. I, think I still had the photo actually. I was like, okay, there's, what's going on here? Like, I, I know there's something I need to learn. And that's when I turned from the victim consciousness of this is happening to me, this is happening for me. How can I use the, the death of my mum to like really create safety within myself? How can I use the, the, the loss of this money to really create healthy boundaries within? How can I use this, you know, six months without a car to really learn lessons and forgiveness of myself and really take responsibility for my life? And that's when the spiritual development side of things came in. I was like, okay, the, there's more to life than just having these habits and getting up at 6 a.m. and going to bed at 10 a.m. and like doing this and doing that. There's something else at play here that I'm missing. Mm. So that's when the journey from within really started. Who am I without this external world? Mm. Who am I without this safety? And I started to question everything that I thought I ever knew. And I had to unhook all of this generational trauma. Yeah. You know, we carry something like 34 generations of conditioning when mm. we come into this world. So a lot of the stuff that we have subconsciously isn't even ours. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. So that's... Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. What a journey. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I... Yeah. I can imagine that feeling of you with this broken suitcase in the rain and getting on the bus and, and you having that epiphany where you was like, hold on, how has this just so drastically changed from two, three, four weeks ago and, and why? And I love that you, you said that your consciousness switched from what this is happening to me to this is happening for me because I feel like that's something which so many people never grasp but um I, what I would really love for you to explain so you you mentioned a few times um my soul told me or you you said that my soul just didn't feel like this was right so when you was in school and you just knew that you know your soul was this wasn't what your soul was meant to be doing tell tell my listener what that even means mm. okay so we all have intuition, whether we think we do or not, we always do. And we're always being guided. But a lot of us are numbing ourselves out through alcohol, toxic relationships, social media, news, toxins, toxic products, ingesting things into our body that are like clouding our perception of things. And intuition comes to, to either guide us or warn us away from something. And first of all, it starts off with this little feather. So you get this little intuitive hit of like, oh, but most people just shrug it off to like coincidence or, oh, wouldn't that be nice one day until something else happens and then you get hit even harder. It's like, oh, oh, I did actually think about not doing that and I did it anyway. Oh, well, it's fine. And then you get run over by a truck. And that's, that's what happened with, with the money for me. So I see a pattern throughout my life of 
you know, I've always had the ability to earn money, you know, I've always hustled, you know, whether it's modeling or selling eyelashes on eBay, like I've always had this like hustle and mentality, like I'm going to like struggle and make money. So that was never an issue, but I would have money and I would let it go. I didn't have the capacity to hold it and receive it. And so like, I've, I've had a history of like giving money away for love. So I remember one day, this girl that I met briefly once called me and said, oh my God, can you please help me? this has happened in my life. Like someone's bashed into me and they're like, the I need to pay them this money and he's going to beat me up if I don't. And I was like, oh my God, okay, let me help. I'll send you over some money straight away. So I sent over like, you know, 1500 pounds to her bank account. I was like, oh my God, make sure you're okay. You know, pay me back whenever, it's fine. And never saw her or the money again. I was like, okay. <laughs> my intuition was telling me, don't do that. Don't but do my people don't do that. You don't know her that well, but my intuition was my, um, my people pleasing lo logistical mind and trauma was like, Oh no, but like you want to be perceived as a good person. Like yeah. give her the money. Mm. And the other thing happened where I had, you know, tens and tens of thousands in savings and someone approached me about an investment. Again, my intuition was like, mm, I don't really trust this. Make sure you do some research before you do this. But because it was someone that I trusted, I didn't do my due diligence. I just trusted them. First of all, I was going to just invest half the money. My intuition was like, just, 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 just do half. I was like, I'm just going to do half. And, you know, they convinced me to put it all in. Mm. By the way, no one could ever make you do anything that you, that you don't allow yourself to do. This is, I'm being fully responsible here, right? Mm. And so I chose to give all the money. And then a few months later, found out it had all gone. So my intuition was telling me I wasn't listening. I was, I was going towards a condition of people pleasing. Mm. And then the universe was right. Now it's time to roll up the old sleeves. We're going to give you a lesson that you'll definitely, definitely learn this time. So this time it was triple the money. I, I, you know, I won't go into like details and names, but I was in a partnership and, you know, I had no boundaries whatsoever around money and I was giving money to, 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 to give love and, and, and in return for, yeah, nothing basically. I was just wanting to, <laughs> wanting to get love. And so I ended up leaving the relationship with like triple the amount of money that I lost in the investment, which was kind of the end of the relationship. And that, that's what, what, what knocked things off. And I say that because, at the time, it was the most devastating. Like, I was so pissed off with myself. Mm. I was like, I can't believe I'm doing this again. And so for a while, I was like, this person's doing this to me. It's their fault. And then the very moment that I could forgive myself and forgive them, and even if there's like 2% responsibility that was my heart, my part, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that. Yeah, it was my money to give. I was the one that said yes. No one ever did anything to me. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that, okay, this is one of the biggest lessons in my life is to learn to honor my boundaries with money. Mm -hmm. Because I know I am, I am going to be incredibly wealthy and the universe wanted to give me these lessons so that I don't just randomly give millions and millions of pounds away to people because mm -hmm. I wanted love from them. So that's an example of intuition. And now I'm just like so strong on my boundaries. The universe is like, okay, so she finally gets it. 
we're going to now give you the abundance because you've now got the boundaries in place Thank yourself <laughs> yeah wow wow so so really the lesson there for you was that the the because you you mentioned so much about the lesson was around the money but what about what about under that because the reason why you you said you was given the money to receive the love so it was this unmet need or maybe this subconscious programming that money equals love and maybe also that if I give money then I'm worthy of receiving this love so what what's the lesson there and how how has that changed for you now absolutely yeah, the, the money's just a symptom of what's underneath, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what they say is that money makes you more of who you are. Yeah. So I was just like giving things away because I had no self-worth. So I had no boundaries and I didn't fully love myself. I thought I had to give something in order for someone to love me. I wasn't good enough as I am. And it's always habits that we've picked up from our parents, right? So my mom was so generous with money. She gave us everything. And I, I think subconsciously I was like, mom can we go shopping and then she'd be like yeah okay and then her way to show love was to take me shopping and buy things that I wanted so I probably learned from from that and it's it's all perfect and it's so divine and I'm so grateful for my parents and my mom Margaret is with us today and she's like I'll still take you out shopping if you want you know she's still there and I wouldn't be who I am without the upbringing And this is the thing is we as souls choose our parents for our maximum expansion. And it's a choice. You know, my brother is completely the opposite to me. And I can't figure out why, you know, and and I'm here, you know, living life to the max, growing, learning. And I just had to accept that he's different and he's here on a different journey to me in this in this in this world. But it, it is a choice. It's like we we both brought into the same world with the same parents had the exact same upbringing but one person's chose this the other person's chosen that and it all comes down to responsibility mm-hmm. you know is something happening to you or is it happening for you and mm-hmm. so always looking for the growth always looking for the forgiveness and mm-hmm. to not try and be always fixing people you know it's it's that realization that we're destined for so much more than this and it it's not it's not already written we get to create we get to create whatever we want it's a choice yes we get to co-create our life and one of the biggest things that I teach to people is where are you giving away your power Mm. you know where are you blaming your employer blaming your leader blaming blaming the business that you're in where are you rescuing people and becoming a victim because you're giving are you being a martyr you know we just learned so much of this and as soon as people regain their power by saying okay I'm, I'm I'm responsible for this I'm fully responsible for my life the world will be completely different place completely different everyone is walking around not everyone but a lot of people are walking around looking for reasons to be offended my dad seriously He's looking for reasons to write a complaint letter. I swear to God, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going I'm to write them a letter because, uh, yeah, that just wasn't right. <laughs> I'm just like, no, oh, it can't ch- change. You can't change someone unless they're ready to change. No. Um, yeah, and it's just so funny to see the contrast of like, whoa, I had a lot of stuff to work through if that was my subconscious yeah. patterns. Because our subconscious is like 95% of our freaking behavior. 
like it's 95 percent that we can't even see what's happening between the layers so like the conscious work is important but the subconscious work oh my god like trying to unhook the masculine hustle I was like, how do people even enjoy life? How do people even like have fun? I thought it was such an alien concept to actually prioritize pleasure, to put fun first and yeah, to not be on my phone 24 seven. That was definitely a portal. Yeah. And from here in your journey, there's, you've kind you've made some really I don't know what that I was going to say ballsy moves and then I was trying to think of a more fem, feminine way of saying ballsy. You've made some really risky moves from you know being a model to then jumping and going into Arban and building your business there and now you live in Bali and you know it sounds like you've been really kind of um entrepreneurial in terms of what you're investing your money in and starting new businesses so there's I know knowing my listeners there's going to be so many people and I hear this all the time with my clients as well we love safety we love things that are safe and often it's the safety we know that it's not serving us but it keeps us safe so we stay there whether it's relationships whether it's jobs that we don't like and where we're not treated very nicely or whether it's even just staying in our hometown but how does somebody find that almost like how how do you believe in yourself enough to take these huge risks what did you do Mm. this is such a good question and so freaking aligned right now (laughs) my social media post today is literally about like yeah 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 so aligned (laughs) um so I just want to ask the listeners, if you're putting safety in things that can change, what happens when those things change? So a house, what if you put safety in a house and then that goes? Yeah. What if you put safety and support in your family and God forbid something happens? What, what if you put safety in a certain amount of money in the bank account and that goes? And this, I think, is is an awakening that a lot of us, unfortunately, have to go through is, well, who am I without those things? Yeah. And most of us are trying to control and manipulate. I thought life happened when you got married and had babies. I thought, oh, now life can begin. I've got the boxes ticked. (laughs) But like I said, something within me was like a nine to five job. No, house and kids. I mean, yeah, possibly, but not because of those reasons of like creating safety. Like I was just very averse to that for some reason, because, you know, I did have an apartment with my partner at the time. And I thought that crazy safety, but actually it's just like a noose around your neck. What I really wanted was the ability to do whatever the fuck I wanted. Mm. I wanted to just do what I wanted, feel free. And having an apartment Mm. isn't really freedom. You know, it is if you if you want to have multiple houses houses around the world, absolutely. But you know, in November, just gone, uh, me and my friend Gina just got back from Ibiza. We drove to Ibiza for ten weeks to escape all the craziness, and we got back to England. And I was sat on this red sofa in an Airbnb with no home, no wardrobe, literally a storage unit and a suitcase full of clothes. It, the clothes were so old I was so attached to them for some reason like do you know them tops you get from Primark like 
two two for the price of one it's like you know a gray and a black one oh i might need that for if one day i need to go climbing up mount snowden you know i might need that and i was finding myself like holding on to all these things like one one part of me wanted freedom and the other part was holding on to this old version of myself this old identity and this is what keeps people stuck is this being in this old identity and i was like right Kim Meller, you are a multi-multi-millionaires. How would you dress? How would you think? How would you speak? Where would you live? And I was like, uh, I was creating my vision board and I'll be living in Bali in a villa with friends. I would be prioritizing fun. I'd be wearing luxurious eco brands like Ananda Soul, Warriors of the Divine, Flip the Label. And then I had this shift of, oh my God, like I don't want to have the storage unit with the sofa just in case. Like my partner gave me the sofa for me to have for my next house. And I was like, I'll just have that. Just think, I don't want that. I know. <laughs> so I literally gave away all of my storage unit on Facebook Marketplace. I was like, who wants wardrobes? Who wants sofas? Didn't care. I was like, gone. I had like all these knickers from Primark that were like three for a pound that I had holes in. I was like, what the frick am I doing with three for one pack? No, multimillionaire Kim does not wear Primark pants. They can be like the <laughs> give them away unless people wanted to pay me a price for them um, <laughs> and I, I remember just giving away all of my clothes and I was like I want to have a suitcase and I want to just trust the unfolding of life now what I realized that everything in my life up until that point had been preparing me it had been preparing me to create safety from within so instead of all of those external things I thought I needed for safety I found that all I needed was myself and I realized, okay, we had three days to escape the country before lockdown happened. We had to sort flights out. This is me and my friend, best friend, Gina. Uh, we uh, had to pack one suitcase. Bear in mind, I had to take all my Arbonne products and the clothes for like, I, I just, one way ticket. I didn't know when I was coming back. I had to say goodbye to all the clothes that I felt so attached to. I was like, no, I don't need those things. Like I want pure happiness and freedom, which is detachment from things. And we literally eloped within three days and we booked a one-way ticket, had PCR tests, got visas done in three days and went. And two weeks later, I was in an amazing villa, six bedroom villa with six incredible women. And I was doing a photo shoot for those luxurious eco brands. Oh I, was modeling, I was modeling for Warriors of the Divide. I was wearing an Andersol jewelry. I was wearing Flute the Label. And I thought, I literally broke down at the end of the photo shoot because the woman was like okay I want you to pick three items of clothing clothing that you, you really love and because that was on my vision board for so long I broke down and I was like this, this is not real like how am I even here in Bali in this house doing this right now I was like whoa and that's all because I trusted the unfolding of life because I created safety from within Mm -hmm. also the meditation and the mindfulness and being able to like self-soothe and you know no matter what was happening around me be able to come back home to myself mm. and so you know all the meditation and the mindfulness and the visualization work that I had discovered from having that awakening and this is where the spiritual development came in so the first half of my Arbonne journey were very like masculine how to get shit done Mm -hmm. And then the, heart, the, the rest of it, when my mum passed away and all, all of that dark night of the soul, that's when I first found Gabrielle Bernstein, someone that I could relate to on a spiritual level that actually felt quite relatable. Mm 
Mm. You know, I thought spirituality was like, you know, Buddha's sitting on a rock wearing white, which, you know, is, is very valid. But for where I was at, I didn't relate to that. I related to Gabrielle Bernstein. Mm. And so I went down this rabbit hole of like the power of affirmations and visualization, how we create our life and how we are just the co-creators of our destiny. And I was like, whoa. And that's when my real spiritual journey began. And that's when I started to really step into my feminine magnetism, which is completely different to the masculine hustle. You know, the masculine hustle is so celebrated, you know, it's celebrated to be like driven and hungry. And the feminine I thought was weak. Mm -hmm. Oh, the feminine is just so natural and floaty. The feminine is powerful beyond measure. Like we create life, our bodies are portals for souls to enter the freaking world. And yeah, when I really stepped into the feminine work is when my life just became so much more easeful, so much more fun, even more powerful than I could ever have imagined because it wasn't in my control. Mm. You know, when it came from this masculine hustle, you're basically saying, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. Like. I don't trust anything outside of me can, can help me. And so that's why we get burnt out because we think that we have to do everything. It's the conditioning. Mm. So. You made my job so easy because I wanted to talk to you about this and you've just given us a, a perfect entry point into talking about masculine and feminine energy. Love that. I think um, it, it's, it's something which unless you are on this journey you are never going to understand really what feminine and masculine energy is and how it shows up for you because it's just so for so many people and I think for probably a lot of my listeners as well that language is foreign that isn't how that isn't the the terminology doesn't resonate because it's really something which is only kind of becoming mainstream recently right and it's something like I, I've kind of started introducing this into my coaching recently because, you know, my clients will come to me and say, I have got an issue with control and um, I want to control everything, which is something which I can absolutely relate to. Or it might be that um, I don't know how to feel my emotions or as soon as I close my eyes, my brain turns on and, and I don't know how to be with my thoughts. Um, and so all of these different things that are actually showing up, which which relates to an imbalance of masculine or feminine energy. So if you could just give my listeners the maybe just like one or two nuggets of like entry point information to this language, what would you say? That's a big question, but <laughs> just throw that on you. <laughs> yeah, I also think your listeners are ready to hear this. Mm. Yeah, whether it's consciously or subconsciously, Absolutely. you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, I kind of get it, but I don't grasp it. It's yeah. okay because your subconscious is getting this. Like your, mm. your subconscious really understands masculine and feminine, but on a conscious level, you don't. So yeah. if masculine and feminine, I'd describe as the masculine is the get shit done. The feminine is like intuition. And it's just like that motherly calm energy. It's either embryo and the sperm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the, 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 the ovary releases an egg, okay? And every month the, the egg is just waiting to be impregnated and the sperm is the masculine 
and that is like swimming, swimming, swimming to the egg, and they're competing. Mm-hmm. So the masculine is competing to be the the strongest sperm to impregnate the egg. Should start there, mm-hmm. attracting, waiting, being in its feminine essence, and that is a really good summary of the feminine and the masculine. I right? love that. Now, the world celebrates masculine; it celebrates hustle. And what I want to share with your listeners is every diet available. What do you want to subscribe to? So take what I take, take what you like and leave the rest because obviously, you know, I am different to you and you might resonate with different things. I was very much in the masculine of like, okay, four hours sleep and hustle, hustle, hustle. And then Gabrielle Bernstein was teaching me a way to be more feminine. And I thought feminine was lazy. I thought, those women that just have babies and do nothing oh they're just like so freaking lazy because I never had any concept of this either I thought the feminine was someone that was like cooks and cleans and you know does all that kind of stuff at home and and I wanted the, like the muscle the, I wanted to compete with the men mm. right? so this is what's happening in our world is women are now competing with men but we're so different we're biologically genetically different we can't yeah. compete with men. Why would why do we want to compete? This is why my relationship went down the swanee because I was trying to compete with him. I was providing. Mm. And because I thought that I, I, it made me more worthy and made me more validated and he would love me more if I was competing. But what was happening was I was making him more emasculated. Mm. Men have this inherent, an inherent it's, it's nature to provide. And so even, you know, I wouldn't let him help me with anything. Like if there was a light bulb that needed fixing, I'd fix it. So there was nowhere for the masculine to really step up and, 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 and be and play that role. So for me, being able to say, oh, the light bulb's broken was like so weak. Like I'm an independent woman. I can freaking do everything on my own. And it served me for, for, for most of my life until I was just, no, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't aligned with me anymore. Like I want it to be easy. I want to have more fun. I want to have an enriched life. I want to serve and make an impact, but I also want to enjoy my life and have fun and not have to then retire at 60 because, oh my God, I'm absolutely knackered, right? So that was a big wake up call for my last relationship only 18 months ago is I was in very much in my masculine. So only the past 18 months, I've been stepping into this feminine work. And the feminine is so powerful and we have this magnetism that just by being, we attract the things that we desire and, and that we want. And I remember my friends sharing a story with me of, of how she was competing with men on dates. So she'd go out with a date with a man and he'd talk about his Ferrari and all the things and she would feel like she like had to then, well, I've got a book coming out and I've got this car and I've got this car and men don't want that. Mm. we don't want that we want to be provided for whether we think consciously or not that we do like subconsciously we do Mm -hmm. and my friend said I just felt myself drop into my body and just realized that men everything men do is for us and we have a womb we are worthy from whether you have a womb or not some women don't have wombs but you know we have an ability to create life within our body and I was like, whoa, 
so much value in being feminine and our essence is powerful beyond measure. Mm -hmm. And so then I went very much into my feminine of like trusting the flow of life and just like, oh, I'm just gonna let life just flow through me and floatiness. And then what I found with that was that was a bit too much in my feminine. So mm -hmm. like I've now come to this place and I have a, a Facebook group called the Aligned Ambition. So it basically, you know, it's about helping ambitious women to be ambitious, but still be aligned and be in their feminine and, and be in this place of flow. And mm -hmm. so I see the perfect balance as the masculine with it, because we have masculine and feminine within us. Mm -hmm. Like we just because yeah. we're women doesn't mean we don't have masculine, we do. But the masculine now is like the, the structure. So my masculine is working for me. Mm -hmm. And that allows me to then be the feminine that flows within that. Yeah. So for example, last night, I was the masculine part of me was creating structure throughout my week so that I could flow in the times where I, I had nothing in my diary. I'd feel spacious and okay, from like five till nine tonight, I can do nothing. Yay, full permission to do nothing. Whereas before that, I, I would feel guilty if I had time off. Yeah. And when I was working, I feel like I wanted to be playing. So creating those guidelines and those structures has really helped me to, to be more feminine and be in my flow. That's so funny that you just said that when you're when you're off work, you had this feeling where you were guilty. And then when you was on work, you wanted to be off. Because <laughs> um, I think that that's something that so many people will be able to relate to, especially anybody who's worked for themselves. Um, and that's a perfect example of how we can have almost like toxic masculinity within us. And then, you know, from that and identifying, anybody who's new to this work, literally just go on Google and type in masculine feminine wounds, and it will bring you, go on images and it will literally bring you up a graph of, of kind of like character traits, behavior traits, and maybe even thought processes. And you can literally ask yourself, where do I fit in any of these? And if you, you know, you do resonate with some. So for me, something which I was really struggled with for such a long time was control. I would want to control everything around me. Like, you know, if I started to see somebody, I would want to control who they were and how, how they would impact me. And, you know, any energy that you're giving to external sources is going to drain you. As long as you're, you're trying to control anything around you, conversations or people or you know anything it's going to end up like you said earlier Kim in burnout and you just feeling exhausted and drained and probably anxious and a heap of other really unhelpful emotions too the minute that you just surrender and you just decide that whatever's happening around me is 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 out of my control and I can handle whatever's thrown at me and and I can be intentional and I can I can I get to choose what I'm putting myself into that's really where you can bring your awareness inwards and ask yourself what can I actually do here where is my power what is my purpose what am I here to do and I, I love how you said you've got your your structure and then you structure yourself three hours off in an evening to say this is where you can just be and not not have to do and yeah, I think I just absolutely love that. I love that it's structured feminine time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I personally have to do that because I want to just, I know that my creative flow, my genius comes when I have spaciousness. 
Mm -hmm. And I used to like every 15 minutes have something in my diary and control what I was doing. That control and that manipulation basically says, I don't believe I'm supported. I don't trust the universe. If Mm -hmm. I don't do it, it's not going to work. Yeah. Now, what we do is we walk around with this weight of manifestation on our shoulders of like, we have to make this this dream life happen. Mm. But it's co-creation. And so instead of this manufactured manifestation where you're manipulating it mm. is surrendered manifestation. Mm-hmm. So if I trusted that it had already happened, it's my vision, it's my heartbeat. If something is a desire, it's, it's, it's a desire. It's, it's for you. It's already happened on some level. Like time doesn't exist. So if something really resonates with you, it's because you probably already feel it in your body because it's happened, Right. So if it's already done, it's already happened. How do I show up to participate? Mm -hmm. And how you speed up manifestation is you change your identity to align with it already being done. Because Mm -hmm. we don't get what we want, we get who we are. Yeah. So this is why in my business, you know, I'm not yet a national vice president in my album business, but I absolutely am. Yeah. Like when I get the title, it'll be like, okay I mean am I any different from the 31st of the month to the first of the month there's something changed within myself no it's just a title Mm -hmm. so this is where taking responsibility for who you are how you show up in your identity is the the only way to really co-create with the universe and yeah Yeah. and just how do I show up in the process how do I speed it up it's just by getting on that frequency of it already being done yeah and you are really a walking example of that you know when you decided that these clothes weren't something which was who you are and then you and then as soon as you let go of that you leveled up and then moving to Bali and then you leveled up and and you're an example of how powerful just deciding and and taking action and, and letting go works for you yeah and this is the thing is People are so afraid of the letting go of the control. But what excites you more? Knowing exactly what's going to happen every day, what's going to happen exactly 10 years from now, or just fully trusting. Mm -hmm. The universe is magic. If you look around your house or outside the window right now, there's such amazing beauty everywhere that the universe has created. Mm -hmm. I mean... We were quad biking for my friend's birthday at the weekend and there was trees with cacao growing out of them. It's like the universe has made trees that provide us with chocolate. (laughs) And we're trying to control and micromanage our life. Do we really think we're that freaking, you know, in control? No, we're like these little ants. Okay, so I love this analogy. Right, imagine your subconscious is this big elephant. Okay, your subconscious is the old beliefs, the the self-limiting beliefs that are pulling you back. And you can tell what they are because that's what your life is reflecting back at you. You know, everyone listening to this call is really good at manifesting because whatever you have in your life right now is a result of what you've been thinking or being a few months ago. So if you don't like what you see, stop blaming and complaining and look in the mirror because subconsciously something's happening within you to create that. So your elephant might be going the opposite way to what you want, but we're these little ants on top, just like trying to move the needle this way, 
thinking that we're going to get there faster if we take it all on ourselves. That's the 5% of human behavior that makes a difference. Mm -hmm. The 95% is the vision, the affirmations, the breath work, the meditation, the the tapping, the rewiring, the unlearning of Mm -hmm. all the subconscious beliefs and the generational conditioning that we're passed on with, turning the elephant around so the elephant is facing the right way, Mm -hmm. is more powerful. And then whatever action we take from that place is going to have more of an impact because we're, we're working with the subconscious, not against it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that's so powerful, that, that visualization there. It really is. I've never heard that analogy before. And you have just, again, led me into a question <laughs> perfectly. Um, so the concept of this podcast is that my guests will share something which has which all of my listeners should know about changing perspective. And so you mentioned that, you know, how the elephants and the ants, if you just change your perspective and you can see something entirely new. And I also love how you said, you know, you can look outside and you'll see something which you you haven't noticed before. And for me, perspective is incredible. It can take something which is, you know, a really negative situation and you can turn it into something which can actually change your life. So what would you love to share with my listeners about something which has really changed your perspective? Mm, this is a good one. <laughs> Just going to tune into this. Mm. Yeah, I mean, this whole thing about being responsible, but also, you know, the new paradigm has really given me permission to shift my perspective because you know, we've just come out of this, you know, Piscean age, this patriarchy where everything was so like masculine and dictatoring. And we're really shifting into this like feminine Aquarian age where the feminine is being celebrated. And the feminine is the unknown. It's the trusting. It's the fun. It's the pleasure. And this shift of paradigm, actually, there is there is another paradigm available. Actually, I can choose things be easy Mm. they don't have to be hard oh my god I can actually allow things to be easy and to have fun and yeah I can let myself have fun as a 37 year old woman that has not got the house or the partner or any kind of real job I I really celebrate in this new paradigm of I create the world that I want to see And so really like detaching and unhooking from this old version of what success should be like and what safety usually was back then. So like now what is safety for me is conscious communities. It's it's having fun. It's allowing business to be easy. Business being a vehicle for for, for good. Business being a vehicle for expansion and, and fun and play. And life is supposed to be fun. Like we're all, this, this this life is a game. Like we're here to have fun and work is something that we do to make money, to have fun. So that perspective shift was different for me because when I started to earn more money and I was like, I don't actually want to like necessarily put it into a house to be stable. I want to invest in myself. I want to have fun. Yes, I want to invest in properties and things, but it's not like, oh, now I need to go and get that house and like be tied down to something. So I suppose in answer to your question, the perspective shift is allowing myself to create a new reality. 
is allowing the river of the feminine to guide my life. And I don't know where I'm going to be in three months time. Mm. And that's so exciting to me. I don't know where I'm going to be a year from now, but I'm fully trusting the unfolding of life because Mm. I know I've found safety within myself. I trust the universe and I now trust myself. You know, a lot of people say they trust the universe, but if you're not trusting the guidance, then there's no point. Mm. So you have to learn to trust yourself and jump following that desire. Like if your body is ignited by something, no matter how scary it is, do it because you're going to be supported. If something feels like an obligation, like it's a should, oh, I should do that. I should get a house now. I should settle down now. Then that's not the right way to go. So it's just learning to embrace, like we're all having, supposed to have fun and we're all big kids playing this game and just allowing life to be fun. I love that. That was amazing. I think so many people could take so much from that, no matter where you are in life. You know, if we can just focus on just being more ourselves in this crazy world that we're in right now and focus on the joy and the fun and the fulfillment and all the things that bring us happiness that's that's really what life's about it's not about all of these big things it's about the small things yeah because the small things lead to the big things big things and so many people are waiting for the big things to celebrate and actually celebrate the small things like the 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 microcosms become the macrocosm so like really learn to celebrate and be grateful and appreciate the little things in your life that you think oh they're not that significant oh my god they are they're so significant you know really noticing like the flowers that are blooming on a tree or noticing the person that gives you a compliment or if you're a coach you know the first person that you know, books a discovery call, even if it's free. It's like, like I was with my friend the other day and she's just starting to get into coaching and, you know, she had her first paying client and I was like, oh my God, why have you not told anyone this? Like you need to brag about it. And she said, oh, I'm, I'm, I'll tell people when she's tied into like the three month package because she's only just booked a one-off call. I was like, this is a microcosm of a macrocosm. If you're not appreciating the, the, the things that you think are small. Yes. It just totally invalidates stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, me and my friends have this, you know, we just brag about things. And like, I was so conditioned to not brag and be like, oh, she thinks she's too big for a boot, she's a model, and she does this. And so I always play myself small. And my friends that I'm with, my sisters, were like, oh my God, guess what? This has happened. Oh my God, I've just done this much money this month. Like we celebrate and we brag about everything because that's that's the macrocosm of the macrocosm. I love that so much. Thank you so much. I have literally loved having you on here and talking to you. I think you're amazing and please let my listeners know where they can find you and also actually while it's in my brain you did an incredible podcast with an American woman who I've forgotten her name and you did a whole I think it was like an hour and a half podcast talking about feminine energy do you remember was it talking about being a queen yeah, um, that name doesn't ring a bell. It was a while ago. Maybe I'll just link it in the description. Um, yeah. But it was an incredible podcast and I can't remember her name. 
I follow her on socials, but, um, but yeah, so I'll link that in the podcast. So if anyone is interested in um, that, please go and check Kim's um, podcast out, um, Soul Digger, and tell us where people can find you. Yay. So I have a podcast called The Soul Digger. We also have an Instagram, so the soul Digger underscore, but my main account is Kim Mella underscore. I also have kimmella.com. Um, so yeah, I have my, my coaching, so I'm open for a couple of one-to-one clients at the moment. And I also have, um, a group coaching program, which I'll be launching again, probably next year now. So yeah, I'm just so grateful to be, to be asked to be on here to speak and to see you. I just want to honor you for a minute and just say how much it's just been a pure joy and pleasure to see you step into this highest version of yourself and the the men and women that you're impacting from having the courage because it's not confidence that we need it's just the courage and I know starting a podcast is a big thing and I know speaking your truth and all the things that go with it and you know thank you so much for being um, the light for so many people guiding them back home to themselves oh thank you so much that means the world Thank you so much, Kim. You've been incredible. And see you soon.